Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Monday, June 13th edition of the Basement Academy. As we get off into a new week together, I love our morning psalm. Psalm 103, it's, it's a little longish, but I think it's familiar uh, to a lot of us. There's several phrases uh, and verses in here that, that will have an echo of familiarity. But there's this one verse that grabbed me uh, this morning as I was uh, saying, my, uh, saying my prayers. Uh, he does not treat us as our sins deserve. Amen and hallelujah, right? <laughs> and so Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 103. Get to know that one. Okay, so far in our study of James, which we've been at now for about four weeks or so, begins in the context of adversity. Count it all joy when you uh, encounter trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish or complete its work, that perfection, that that wholeness. And, And so we just start out in adversity. (laughs) That's the context we think of this letter, Uh, James writing to the scattered church that is being persecuted. So they're finding themselves uh, in in times of difficulty, in opposition. They're relocating 
settling into new routines and rhythms in wherever uh, God has uh, landed them. And so it's adversity. Uh, There's some language about the rich and the poor. Don't show favoritism to those rich people. If if anything, you should probably give greater attention to the poor. Um, uh, The the hearing and doing of the word, uh, the faith works, faith uh, versus works or faith versus deeds, uh, chapter, chapter two. And then last week, looking at uh, our tongue, the, the, the unbridled, untamed, untamed tongue. Uh, with the same tongue, we praise God and curse men who are made in God's image. This just shouldn't be, right? And so um, in this context, James has already given us this foreshadowing or hint of what is so, so necessary Uh, In chapter 1, verse 5, in the context of adversity, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. And so in all of the context or situations that James has written about, and again, I think he's echoing and reflecting and commenting somewhat on the Sermon on the Mount from Jesus, But in all that he's addressed, there's one core reality that is needed if we're going to do this well. If we're going to get through the adversity, we need wisdom. If we're going to um, uh, treat people the right way, you know, rich and poor, if we're not going to show favoritism, we're going to need some wisdom to to not fall into certain um, traps, right? Uh, So we're going to need to have some godly discernment around these things. Um, If we're going to hear and do the word, there's going to have to be some wisdom. If we're going to let our faith uh, issue forth in action and deeds, then we will need wisdom to know how to live out and apply our faith, certainly with our speech. We are going to need wisdom to know when to hold the tongue, when to speak, when to stay silent, how to speak, um, to whom to speak, etc. And so wisdom <clears throat> is sitting out there as something we need. And, and then so James says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask God and he will give. Well, well, thanks be to God. James writing, we believe, under the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit now turns to address wisdom. And so in chapter three, beginning verse 13, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere." Peacemakers 
who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. So that's James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Friends, this is one of the hidden gems in all of the Bible. I don't hear many people refer to it. I myself don't refer to it nearly often enough. I do, but but certainly not, not often enough. But it is... It offers to us this framework. Um, It's a simple framework, and yet I think it's a profound framework that that can serve to evaluate. So we can evaluate with this framework of the two kinds of wisdom uh, that James writes of here. It, It provides us a simple tool to guide us in our own thinking Um, our attitudes, um, our speech and actions speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, right? And so speech and actions are certainly in play in in the book of James, but underneath our speech and our actions are our thoughts and our attitudes, kind of the interior reality that then expresses itself through our words and through through our actions. And so what this little section does, <clears throat> and again, it, it is, it's, it's profound. It offers to us a very simple guide. And so, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Okay, James, that's great. <clears throat> I want to do that. How do I do that? What does wisdom look like? What, what are the qualities, the characteristics of, of wisdom? And that's what, and so that's what's so, so powerful about this. If you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, well, don't boast about it or deny the truth because the truth is we are not in charge of things, right? So there's something about bitter envy. If, if we find ourselves harboring, there's something, you know, har- that's a great word, to harbor resentments, to harbor envy, to harbor bitterness, you know, to, to give it harbor. We're going to give it some safety. The harbor is where the, sh- the, sh- the ships find the safety from the, the ocean, right? And so, and so don't give safety to these things. Don't, don't give place to bitterness, to envy, to selfishness, to personal ambition, Don't harbor those realities. There's no wisdom there. Don't boast about it. So so boasting is not uh, the the way. Don't deny the truth. Denying truth is never going to reflect wisdom. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, right? Every good and perfect gift and perfecting gift comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights, okay? Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it is earthly. It's unspiritual or or natural or fleshly, and it's of the devil. And so uh, there's an old framework or paradigm kind of rubric, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And I think James is hinting at that here. Such Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it is earthly, that is of the world. 
unspiritual, and the word behind it actually can refer to the kind of the natural person, right? It's of the flesh, and it's of the devil, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And so harboring bitterness, envy, uh, selfishness, ambition, boasting, denying the truth, these things are not wise, though they might appear so because of the earthly natural uh, quality to them. Lots of people do these things, but just because lots of people say or do or hold such attitudes and approaches to life does not mean they're wise and good or godly. Popular opinion doesn't guide you into truth, <laughs> into, into godliness and, 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 and wisdom. Popular opinion is just means a lot of folks think this. And so, um, how does he say it here? For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. And of course, this is not wisdom. God's wisdom is not going to lead us into disorder and to evil practices, right? And so, so he contrasts, he gives us this earthly, fleshy, fleshly, natural um, uh, kind of wisdom. And, and, and if you read the, the passage, verse 15, it's got wisdom in, in quote. Such wisdom does not come from above. I don't know this, but there's no way of, of verifying what I'm getting ready to say, but I wonder if James has the Sermon on the Mount kind of as the backdrop, right? What Jesus teaching. <clears throat> um, uh, you, you recall how the Sermon on the Mount begins, uh, chapter five. You have heard it said, but I say to you. You have heard it said, but I say to you. And so those are four or five um, examples that Jesus gives of earthly wisdom. You've heard it said this, but hey, this is not the way it is to be. I tell you, this is how it's supposed to be. And so I wonder if what James is doing here is in somewhat kind of a reflection of that earthly wisdom. Lots of people say this. Lots of people do this. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, i.e. get your revenge, which of course then you can exaggerate the harm that has happened to you so that you can get more revenge, right? If you go back to our Sermon on the Mount study. And so I think that's what James is doing here. He's contrasting popular opinion. You've heard it said, this is the way the world works. This is what people, a lot of people uh, think is wisdom, the way to conduct business transactions, the way to uh, kind of hedge yourself when, uh, when in conversation with people. Um, you know, the way you respond when you've got, when, when adversity comes to you, well, you go out and you attack and you go get those people and you pay them back, you know? And so you have heard it said, but I say to you. And so James is contrasting this earthly wisdom with the wisdom that comes from heaven. And again, 
<clears throat> I can't verify this or prove this to you, but this has the feeling of the Beatitudes, okay? And, and why I say that is because he ends with the language of peacemakers. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Well, that is, you know, blessed are the peacemakers. And so, and so James clearly has the Sermon on the Mount in mind here, right? He's clearly got the teaching of Jesus in mind here. So the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure. Blessed are the pure in heart, right? Then peace-loving. Blessed are the peacemakers. Considerate. Heavenly wisdom is considerate. It considers things. It says, hmm, well, I wonder about this, and we should probably take account of that. Um, it considers another person's point of view. It understands they've got a situation, they've got a concern. And so it's wisdom that from above is considerate. It doesn't start with self. It considers others. It's full of mercy. Blessed are the merciful. Full of mercy and good fruit. You will know them by their fruit, right? Impartial. Oh my goodness. God, give us such wisdom. We're not seeking the benefit of one party. Impartial means we are not giving favoritism to one party. And I don't just mean that in a political party sense, but you know, one party to the action, one party to the situation, my tribe versus your tribe. Impartiality says, I recognize I might have a tribal interest here, but I'm gonna try to be considerate of others' point of view. And so it's impartial, it's sincere. It really wants what's best. It's earnest. It's not flippant. It's not arrogant. Uh, it's not dismissive. It's not casual. It recognizes there's a deep, earnest reality that's at, at play here. Such is the wisdom from above. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. And so why this is such an important passage It allows us a framework for evaluating, first of all, our own speech and actions, thoughts and attitudes, okay? Too often, we want to read the Bible, we want to hear a message and think, oh, so-and-so should hear this. I really wish they'd have been here today in church. They needed to hear this. Maybe, but you were here in church today. <laughs> Did you hear this? And so too often we want to, this is the hearing and doing. You know, I hear the word, but have I done the word? And so the way to do this scripture, as it were, this passage, which kind of wisdom am I demonstrating? Am I pursuing? Am I reflecting? Hmm. And so the first thing we do with this passage is apply it to ourselves. So I, let me stop here just because we're, we're at the end of our time. And I think we'll spend a little more time with this tomorrow and try to unpack it and try to get behind what some of these uh, wise virtues are, are, are calling for. 
But let me ask you to pull out your own Bible if you haven't already, if you're not reading along. And um, this, there might be different words that bubble up here in different translations. Um, but I'd love for you to read this uh, for yourself. Maybe write parts of it out uh, and memorize it uh, as, a, as a way of trying to uh, get this word uh, deeply into our hearts. So, so let, let's take a moment to pray. Lord, first, thank you that you do not treat us as our sins deserve, but you are compassionate, you are gracious, you are slow to anger, you are abounding in steadfast love and mercy. And so, Lord, help us to live into such a wisdom that comes from above. Thank you for James, thank you for these words, thank you for his being open to the work of your Holy Spirit and the writing of this passage in particular that can guide us in such a helpful and wholesome way. May it be so, Lord, and give us the grace so to evaluate our own lives, our speech and attitudes and actions. For we want to live to the praise of your glory that everything we say and do, even this day, would bring honor to your name. And so hear us as we make our prayer in the name of the Savior, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May God cause his face to shine upon you this day. May his word bear fruit in and through your life to the glory of his name and the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.